0: Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey, everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Look who's back on the show with me this week. It's Sam Sorbo. You guys... Man, okay, we're we're pre-recording this, so there's the part of me that wants to be like, can you believe how great this past weekend was because Schoolhouse Rock just opened up for the whole world and it was amazing. But I can't say that yet because we're recording this earlier than that date. Of um, course
1: you can say that.
0: Well, but I don't it's know. the beauty
1: of television or I'm, something.
0: Well, I know, but then I feel like I'm being fake because I'm, you know, I, I, I don't know yet, but I know it's gonna be amazing. And the only reason you I know, know that is because it's gonna be the work of the Lord.
1: Yes. And if you convince one family and save one yeah. child, amen, from enslavement to the Borg, <laughs> then you have succeeded. And so I guarantee that you will be successful in this endeavor. So, yeah, well,
0: all for God's glory. So it is Monday, November 15th, and Schoolhouse Rock just released three days ago on Friday, November 12th. And so I hope that many of and you got to the see it. And it brought the internet down. It literally crashed the entire internet because <laughs> everyone was wanting to watch it at the same time. Al Gore was
1: beside himself.
0: <laughs> oh, the inventor of the internet.
1: <laughs> Anyhow. Um, Have you heard this meme that um, Jeff Bezos literally could be Santa Claus because oh. he's got everybody's wish list and he can deliver... And he's got the drones. Those are his reindeer. (laughs) And he's even got like, if you're on the naughty list, he can actually send a drone after you
0: too. Oh, good golly. (laughs) But he just refuses to be Santa Claus. Oh, that's funny. No, I have not seen that one. Well, we don't do Santa in our home. So there you have it. That's probably why I haven't seen it. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you guys got to see the movie. If you have not yet seen it, it is not too late you actually have until december 31st and beyond it doesn't end on december 31st but you can stream it to your home from now until december 31st go to uh, schoolhouserocked.com and it has all the links and information that you need Um, invite your friends invite your family invite your neighbors invite anyone you can think of into your home to watch this film because you guys it is so powerful Um, we just stand in awe of what the lord has done so So um, invite people over, watch the movie. You can also do a group showing. So if you wanna show it at your church or your homeschool co-op or at a local theater, you can do that as well. There are links on the website to both options to either stream it to your home or to show it yourself and host a showing locally. So you can find information on both of those things at schoolhouserock.com. But Sam is part of our Meet the Cast lineup, because if you have seen the movie, you know that Sam is an important part of the cast, um, has a very strong voice in the movie. And so Sam's been on the podcast a few times already. I want to say probably three or four times already. And we've talked about homeschooling. We've talked about the why. We've talked about, you know, all things... Um, homeschooling. And so I know you've heard that from her, but we really want to get to know Sam Sorbo and the Sorbo family this week through Sam. And so we're going to just get kind of um, not, not too deep, but we're going to get a little personal with Sam and just learn more about who she is as a person, who she is as a mom, as a wife, and who the Sorbo family is. So Sam, welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's been kind Not of- Not sure how
1: interesting this episode is going to be, however.
0: Oh, it's going to be interesting. Here's why. I'm going to tell you why. Because I'm a stalker. Well, I'm one of those people that when I, and everyone okay. is, let's just be honest. It is
1: more interesting already.
0: Going? <laughs> we all are. Whenever you learn of somebody who especially has some sort of celebrity status, you want to look into them. You want to know who they are. You want to know what their kids look like. You want to know what their husband looks like. You want to know- about their family and about you know just them as people. At least I do, you know. So if there are people, you know, if they're on Facebook, I want to go to their Facebook page and figure out who these people really are. And so, um, I- I'm going to tell the story really quickly. I've told this before, but I'm going to tell it really quickly about h- how you and I met, mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of back up to getting to know you a little bit. Uh, but this was really funny. We had had several people. We were still early in the process of filming for Schoolhouse Rock, and we'd had several people who said you need to get Sam Sorbo in this movie. And so we were like, um, okay, I don't know how that would be possible, but sure. And several months went by, we had, you were living in California and we were living in Georgia at the time. And so part of my thought was like, I mean, she's on the other side of the country, you know, ridiculous to think that because you spend half of your life traveling. (laughs) So you're all over the place. So I, I think someone else had sent us a message or something. I can't even remember how this part of the story happened. But um, Garrett just said to me one morning. he said, you know, we really do need to reach out to Sam Sorbo and see if we can interview her for the movie. And I was like, okay, I have no idea how to get a hold of this lady, but I'll figure it out because I'm pretty good at doing that now. So I found your website. And oftentimes when you go to people's website and you fill out the contact form, you never hear anything back. Well, I filled out the contact form, said, here's who we are. Here's what we're doing. And I'm going to let you tell your side of the story too, Sam, because your side's pretty funny. Um, I said, here's who oh, we are. I get to talk on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Didn't know. Yeah. I'm going to let you talk. Um, here's the movie that we're making. Call me, or I think I gave you my number and I said, I would love to talk with I, you about this. So yeah. I don't know, a couple hours later, yeah. you called me Yeah, and, and you were like, this is Sam Sorbo," and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> it worked? It worked. Well, uh, and
1: you're right, you know, and it's not everybody that I call. Uh, I get a lot of emails and yeah. I read them.
0: Right. But and you had heard I, of the movie. So you tell your side of the story now. I actually, I did, I had heard of the movie. I'm trying to remember. I don't, I I'm,
1: I have a terrible do memory. Do you want me to tell your side of the story? Yeah, tell my side of the story. <laughs> okay. You'll do
0: better, you'll do yourself better justice than <laughs> okay. I will, I'm sure. So feel free to interject, but... You called me that day and you said, because because you were doing Classical Conversations and so you had seen the trailer oh, and it, information rolling in about I it. I called you and I said, you need me in your movie, right? <laughs> and you said, why I was I wondering, your right. movie? exactly. You were like, I was wondering <laughs> why I hadn't been invited yet to be part of the cast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Well, it's well. true, it's true because um, anybody who is in this fight, mm-hmm. and it's a fight, it's a fight oh, yeah. to convince people. That they that they should prefer freedom and that's yeah. the way i that's by the way that's the way that i couch the the ter- the argument these days uh because i've so you know since i started doing my show on epic tv i've mm-hmm. really dived into the the underbelly of all of this stuff mm-hmm. so the stuff that that we've we've take for granted we it's so surface and it's just always been there and we take it for granted i'm actually you know, really questioning and delving into, and for instance, you know this, you have to raise your hand to ask a question uh, what does that what does that teach you? Like think about it. We all do it. Mm-hmm. And even as adults, we now do it. When we are gathered together, people will raise their hand before they speak. Basically, it's a deterrent to you asking questions. In fact, the message is, don't question.. Mm. And, and so when you start to, you, you, you just sort of break these ideas down, these, these basic elements that everybody takes for granted, you break them down. Um, the schools teach conformity. If you stand out, you will either be ridiculed, you could be promoted. But chances are you'll be ridiculed. Uh, chances are you'll be bullied. Chances are better that it's bad to stand out. So we teach conformity. We are actually imposing conformity on our students. And yet, as Christians, you and I believe we are created individually right. for our individuality, for freedom. We're teaching children s- servitude and conformity in school. And so now I, I just, I put the battle in those terms. If you, if you like freedom and you want your children to know freedom, and I mean freedom, just, just freedom from the Borg, from the thought center thing, where it's always follow the leader. It's find an expert find an expert because that's the school paradigm, right? The expert stands at the head of the class. He or she is the expert knows everything. You will be spoon fed your information. Your job is to open your mouth and swallow. Do not question. You know, when I, when I start to put it in those terms, you really start to see, Oh yeah, it's it's an anti-freedom agenda.
0: Right. It's it's being taught
1: what to think, not how to think. Right. Yeah. And when you're taught what to think and not how to think, that's servitude. That's slavery. Right. That's, yeah. We don't I want agreed. you thinking for yourself. Agreed. Well, I don't know how we so, got off
0: on this tangent, but that's okay. Because I We're, can't help myself. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: What we do at Iew is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, "This is what you do, step by step." And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents
0: Okay, so we're going to go back <laughs> to how we met. That's what we were talking about. And it's okay if we rabbit trail cuz that's what we do when we talk anyway. Um so we we got on the phone, we talked about the movie and I said, you know, Sam, I don't know um what your schedule is. I don't know how we would meet up with you cuz again, we're in Georgia and you're in California. We have no plans to go to California anytime soon, nor can we afford to do that. And he said, "Oh, well, I'm in Florida right now." And <laughs> I was like, "What?" And you guys were there filming a movie and you said, well, um, I have some free time on Sunday afternoon. If you want to come down to where we are, I can, you know, I'd be happy to interview um, for the movie. And I was like, okay, we looked it up. You were only like five hours from us, which, you know, once you've traveled the country, five hours is, you know, the snap of a finger. So sure enough, we did. We got in our car a few days later and we were in Tampa um, that day, and just had a great day uh, filming with you and getting to know your family. It was really cool. I remember our girls, my my oldest and your youngest, are very close in age. And it's kind of funny because they're both introverts, but they just hit it off. They made a connection with each yeah. other and and my youngest daughter was there too. So the three girls played all day together. They played games, actually even with your boys as well. Um, All of the kids, they played, your kids taught my girls how to play code names. Yes, It's such a fun game. We love that game. And so we ended up getting it for Christmas. I think the next year they kept saying, we got to get this game. It was so fun. We played it with the Sorbo kids and um, for hours. I mean, we were filming and setting up for hours and hours, pretty much the whole day. And so our kids just, it it really is um, such a testament to these homeschooled kids who just Know how to just do life. They kind of helped us set up a little bit, but then they were off on their own, and they just let us do our thing. and And they got along so well with each other, and really just enjoyed getting to know one another. Um, then we filmed and went to dinner afterwards with you and your sister and brother in law, and I, I don't, I think a few other people. I don't know, but it was really fun. Anyway, it but was Kevin exciting. Kevin was also to get to there. Me. You know, he came in while we were filming, or before we started filming. He came in for a little while, and then he actually had to go on set to finish filming. So he didn't join us for dinner, but he was there for a little while. That's right. um, While we were filming. So, and he's a very nice guy. So, so let's talk about this, this guy, how, let's, let's start with the Sorbo family. How did you and Kevin meet and kind of unfold that story for us, for those who don't know? Well, it is,
1: it is a kind of a crazy story. Um, so I was an actress and I, uh, was booked to go shoot Hercules, which was a Television show that shot down in New Zealand. It was the number one show in the world at the time, and uh, of course, starred Kevin Sorbo. And I went down there, and um, there's a lot more to the story, but I'll I'll shortcut it because that would be the whole hour. <laughs> uh, uh, we fell in love, and so we decided that we would be married. Um, we were engaged within six months, and we set the date for a year later. Um, and then about four months before we were supposed to get married. Kevin had a health crisis uh, during which he suffered three strokes in his brain Mm. and that really debilitated him, uh, completely. Yeah. So he spent the next four months basically drooling on the couch. Um, they shut down, they shut down production. They did a bunch of script rewriting and stuff. They didn't want to actually close the, close the show. Right. Cause he was the star. Yeah. It happened right before their hiatus Mm. and, or during actually right on their hiatus. And so what they decided to do, they were supposed to come back and shoot a few more to finish the season or something. And so instead they, uh, they shot a few without him, I think. And then, wow, this is taxing my brain anyway. (laughs) He was pretty much a vegetable. I mean, he was really bad. And the beginning of his recovery was uh, we would go for a a half hour walk in the morning and then he'd spend the rest of the day literally just drooling on the couch, Mm. like just really unable to do much of anything. Um, His brain was fried.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, he was dizzy and he had just just a whole bunch of symptoms. If you want this, if you want the full story, uh, it's in his book, True Strength, which is really a great testimony. Um, to your personal strength and to the strength that God gives you both. Uh, And that's why it's called true strength because, um, you know, he played the strongest guy on TV, yeah, uh, but that wasn't the truth, right? So uh, we decided that we would get married anyway. Um, He offered me the chance to opt out (sighs) and I didn't take him up on it. Uh, And so um, we decided to get married anyway. And um, we got married on January 5th. And decided that of he what would. What year? Go- what year did you get married? Ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Okay. And decided that he would go back to work, and that was a big decision. Um, that, in hindsight, I think still was the right decision. It was not maybe the best decision for his recovery, physically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but mentally, it was the only decision I could make, uh, because he is his work. Yeah. Um. And he really needed, and that's why he got sick in the first place. But uh, th- there was no opportunity for him to just completely reinvent himself Yeah. if he didn't go back to work. And so that was that was a tough call. Um, I will say I don't think that he was really uh, in his right mind. Yeah. Um, he didn't really uh, recognize exactly what had happened to him. And yeah. it took a long time for him to work through everything. Uh, it was a it was a long and arduous uh, path to recovery. It took a full three years. Wow. Uh, he didn't time. believe that he was recovering for at least a year. Mm. Uh, you know, he, the the small steps that he took. And the and the doctor said, no, after the after the first eight months or four months or whatever it was, don't expect any further recovery. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which, you know, between you and me, shame on them. Yeah. You, you should never put that kind of oh, a curse yeah. on your patients.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I was his cheerleader.
0: Yeah.
1: And I adapted to the role very easily. Um, or chief kibitzer, I like to call myself. Uh <laughs> He talks about it. He he talks about it when he does his speaking engagements. And he and he, you know, that I was that it was only because of my incessant nagging uh, <laughs> that he made it through. It was kind of funny. So well, so yeah. Can I ask then, you a
0: question? Yes, Did you ahead. ever? You said that you you know he he gave you the option to opt out. Was there ever a moment where you felt like you know I just don't know that I could handle this? And because you didn't, I mean, you said this was just four months before you got married. So you had no way of knowing really what the outcome would be, whether or not he would fully recover or not. So did you ever consider like, I don't know that I want, you know, maybe I'll be his friend and take care of him, but I don't know that I want to commit to this for the rest of my life. Was that ever a consideration or did you just know this is what God's calling me to do? And this is the man that I'm supposed to marry.
1: So when I met Kevin, he was the perfect man. Mm -hmm. And before I met him, I had a long talk with God. And I said, okay, God, I get, I get that there's going to be a compromise. I'm not going to meet Mr. Right. I'm not going to meet the perfect guy, but I need you to tell me what the compromise is because I just don't understand. Like I'm meeting all these guys and um, none of them really fit the bill. Like they, I could see the end before I started dating them. I mean, I, there were several times when I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to start dating you. Cause I know exactly how this ends. Right. Um, and other guys, I, I agreed to date cause they were cute and it was fun, but I still knew exactly how it would end. And so I said to God, you know, you're going to have to let me know, is he going to be stupid? Is he going to be short? Is he going to be insecure? Is he going to be like, like all these, these sort of hiccups that I was running into because I really wanted a family. I wanted that, that, mm-hmm. that thing, that family, that children, that relationship. And I flew down to New Zealand to shoot to Hercules and Kevin was absolutely perfect, mm-hmm. more perfect than I would ever have dared to dream of, because I never dreamt of a guy who was good looking, tall, uh, you know, fat, fantastic body, super successful. That wasn't my dream. My dream was, you know, great guy, intelligent, uh, you know, fun, good sense of humor. Like that was, like my dream didn't extend as far as all that. And mm-hmm. and there's the guy who's the the star for obvious reasons of the number one show in the world. And I so like him. And in fact, I called my girlfriend and I said, I think I really like this guy. She goes, the Hercules guy. (laughs) And I said, yes, you know, Renee, he's, he's, he's like me, only a man. Uh (laughs) Like we were so compatible. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. And so I came back and, um, we pursued this relationship. It was long distance. And mind you, the first day when he sort of started pursuing me down there, I looked at him because he's like, "How are we going to make this work?" And I'm like, "Make what work?" like we it's not like we were dating already. He right. was just like, hey, we should date. We should like do this thing because should- you guys Whatever. had a role
0: together on on Hercules, right? I played right. a princess, right. ok and
1: uh, and he played <laughs> it was called Prince Hercules. He played hercules got amnesia and became a prince they convinced him that he was my long lost husband okay <laughs> and i went along with the ruse but as the princess i fell in love with him and so in the end i save the day and reveal to him that he's actually hercules and i bring his memory back through breaking the curse or whatever okay. and so <laughs> so you know i mean yeah. it, look our first our first scene together was the goodbye scene because often they will. They will get. They will schedule the goodbye scene first because by that, by the time the show ends, the actors typically hate each other, and oh, so wow. for them to do a, a convincing goodbye, I love you forever scene is uh-huh. very hard. So they put uh-huh. it first. So our first scene together. I'm in my regal outfit with, you know, hair down to, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the makeup, the the beautiful clothes. We're standing on a drawbridge of a castle over a moat and the, the smoke is wafting up around us. It's nighttime. Like I, you can't write it more romantic right. than, it, than it was, you know? And we have to kiss. So we kissed on our first scene together, which was the second evening that we knew each other. Oh, wow. But he started flirting with me right away <laughs> because we had met the night before for the, just for the read-through and it was just undeniable there was just something in the air. Mm-hmm. And so then, so then the next day he's talking to me, he's like, how, how are we going to make this work? You know, what's, Hey, let's, let's, you know, figure this out. And I looked at him and I said, look, I don't date actors. I don't date long distance and I don't date guys with long hair. <laughs> and what I meant was I don't date good, good looking guys. <laughs> I, I never really dated like, they weren't bad looking, but I never went for the, like the model type. Uh-huh. And Kevin was a big time model. You know, he was a he's a very he is still a very good looking man. And that I found that intimidating and typically very good looking men, especially those who have become models are a little full of themselves or gay or both or, you know, like it's just like a thing. So so I was like, no, 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 dude. No. But then he turned out to be this perfect, perfect guy. And I, and what I mean is perfect for me. Right. It's not that he doesn't have flaws. <laughs> sure. It's that he was perfect for me. And so I came back home and we we pursued a long distance relationship, um, which was very uh, strong mm-hmm. because we both felt the same way. Which was just, you know, so often you you have unrequited love. You 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 know you're feeling strongly, they're not. They're feeling strongly. You're like, whoa, back off a little bit, you know. But for us, it was like it was perfect. Yeah. And then he had three strokes Hmm. and I was in the intensive care (laughs) and I had, I went to the intensive care room to talk to him because I had booked a TV commercial. That was a national network spot, which is like the Holy grail. It's easy money. You're in, you're out. It's it was three days shooting in New York, which means first class airfare, first class hotel, a lot of money, and then the commercial runs and runs and runs, and you get residuals and residuals. I mean, ka-ching! Mm-hmm. This was the holy grail in a sense, mm-hmm. and mind you, it was the holy grail for me because after I did the show Hercules, I realized uh, while I was watching him do the show, and like he was fascinating to me, like I was just smitten, <laughs> and and everything that he did, and I watched him rehearse his fight scenes, and it was like choreographed, like a dance, and wow. he did yeah. all of his own fights. Yeah. And I saw the amount of work that he put in, literally on the plane. I said, okay, God, I don't want my own show. Cause up until that time I was like, okay, I'm ready, God. I I want my own show. I can do this. I said on the plane, God, I don't want my own show because it's way too much work. And I didn't want to have to do, you know, 20 hours a day. Right, yeah. Which is basically what Kevin was doing at the time. Yeah. I I just didn't recognize it was too much even for him. Yeah, yeah. It's too much for anybody. Yes, even the guy playing hercules is was too much, and that's why he got sick. Yeah. So I booked this national network spot for, of all things, ice cream, which at that time was like my favorite thing ever. Like, you <laughs> couldn't write it any better than this. Of course, it was this. Of course, God laid the gauntlet down, and i, w- I went into the intensive care room and I said, "Look, I booked the—I booked the job in New York." Now I had auditioned before he got sick, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was just out auditioning. Right. You know. I said, they came back and they, they said, they want me. I'm supposed to leave tomorrow for three days. Do you want me not to go? And he's, and he's lying completely immobile Mm -hmm. because they've flushed his body full of blood thinners. So if he moves the wrong way, he could, he could um, uh, tear and bleed out. Oh my. They wouldn't be able to stop the the blood because Mm -hmm. it wouldn't clot. And he's lying there. The guy, the healthiest guy in the world, the guy who works out two hours every day. Wow and goes for a jog, and plays basketball. Like, (sighs) that guy is lying inert on a hospital bed, wondering what the heck just hit him, you know, what kind of bus it was. And I said, do you want me not to go? And he said, well, yeah, I want you not to go. And I literally said, oh, that's the compromise. Hmm. Okay, done. Yeah. That was it. So I never doubted. Yeah. Because God was very clear. You can have the ice cream commercial. You can have the money. Yeah. You can keep the career. Or you can have this. Or you can have this. Yeah. This is my offer. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's funny because I look I look back the I think it was the Golden Globes a while ago. And the actress, I believe her name was Michelle Williams, but sometimes I get names wrong. But in accepting her Golden Globe, she thanked her abortion. Oh yeah. Uh. And I look at that and I go, man, you just, you're so ignorant. Yeah. You know, the, the, the story that I tell about abortion is, um, I had a friend whose, whose friend came to him and she said, "I, I need your help. I got knocked up and Um, The guy's a loser and I don't want to have anything to do with him or whatever. You know, some story like there's just nobody else and I'm on my own and I can't do this. And so will you come with me to have the abortion? And he said, look, I want to be supportive of you, but I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And so they talked it out for a very long time back and forth. But the ultimate sort of upshot of their conversation was he said to her, listen, you're giving up the greatest love story of your life. In doing this. And I don't want you to lose out because of a mistake that you're about to make. Hmm. Trust me, this child is the greatest love story
0: wow.
1: that you will ever know. And, you know, that's why I'm in this fight, because parents don't understand that they're sacrificing. Okay, they, they birthed the children, the children have life, but now they're sacrificing their children at the doorstep of the school, yeah. of the institution. Right. They are sacrificing so much, and they have no idea. And by the way, um, gosh, about five months ago, I got a photo of the young man
0: getting married. Oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. We are out of time, but we're going to continue this conversation on Wednesday. So thank you so much, Sam, for opening up test, being with us, letting us get to know you um, personally. You guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, go to schoolhouserocked.com. Find out all the information you need uh, to watch the movie if you haven't already seen it. Uh, Maybe even purchase it for a friend. You can actually purchase a virtual ticket and send it to a friend. That is a great way to just minister to a friend who might need to see this movie. So schoolhouserock.com. Also, if you have not yet left a review for the podcast, we would love it if you would do that. We are always so encouraged by those and it really, really, really does help us to get the word out about the podcast. The more people who know about homeschooling, the more people who need the encouragement that we bring with this podcast. So please leave a review um, on the podcast app as well. Thank you so much. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Have a great day. Bye.